The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. It's the Wednesday edition, and we've got something pretty big to talk about here today on the Wednesday episode. It happened Tuesday. The Chris Jones deal is done, and we have plenty to discuss about that. And here to help me do that, as always, are my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. Could you pull off Pat Mahomes' GQ look? I don't know if I have that kind of drip, as they say, to make some of those sweaters and jackets work. But hey, I mean, I'd give it a shot. I think I was better off with the fanny pack or the jacket tied around the waist look rather than what he's pulling off in the GQ magazine. But Craig, I think that you are like expertly suited to rock that sweater that he had going on in the GQ thing. Oh, I would totally rock that sweater. Like that that's the one one bit that I would rock right there. I would absolutely wear that thing. I just yes. I the rest of it, no. I definitely can't pull that off. I feel can't like pull off the sweater I, either. I feel like Maddie is uniquely capable of hand, like if if maybe not necessarily the fifteen chain, but any chain in, in general, whatever number Maddie wants, I feel like Maddie is uniquely capable. And maybe it's because he's always just wearing like sleeveless shirts. And I can always yes. just envision he's just, you know, hanging there. See, I imagine Maddie could probably rock like a sixty million guaranteed chain around his neck, you know. Maybe similar to the one that Chris Jones just got today. I don't I, I the only chain I own is a flavor flav clock. <laughs> and I think I pull that off pretty well. But besides that, I've never wore a chain in my life, guys. So like I think you're reaching here a little bit to think I could pull off some kind of bling. All right, we're uh, we're gonna get into the Chris Jones situation, uh, the new deal that has been signed. All we're gonna go, we're gonna cover it in a, a lot of different angles. Real quick though, I just want to make sure. I, I hope everyone out there is, is is healthy. I know this is such a weird time in this country, but I was thinking about, I was walking today, and I was thinking about all of our listeners, and I just I wish health on all of you and your families because I know that this is a difficult time for some people that maybe you know aren't in the situation I'm in. My family's healthy right now, but that is not necessarily the case for a lot of different people across the country. And it's probably not the case for people listening to this show. So before we get going, I'm not trying to, you know, put a, you know, a damper on anything, but I do wish all of you health. I wish you all health with you and your family. Weird walking flex. You started this whole uh, I know, thing off with. I know. Right? Listen, guys, I know. I walk. Hey, <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about Chris Jones because there is a lot to get to to this deal. Um, first, just real quick, initial thoughts. What When you first heard the news of the Chris Jones deal happening, Maddie, what were your initial thoughts? Listen, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I think everybody knows where I've and where we've all stood on this. I was very surprised to see a deal come through, like especially once we find out the numbers, and I think we're going to get into that a little bit more. But I 100% did not expect this to happen. Not only would I, I not have personally done it, I just did not expect the Chiefs to do it based on everything we've seen from them, heard from them, and everything we knew about the situation. It didn't sound like there was a lot of progress being made, and then it was dropped kind of this morning that all of a sudden there was a little bit of progress being made between both sides. But it was framed as a little bit, and there was still a ways to go. But then it seemed to happen pretty quick. So not only just the quickness of the deal kind of took me off guard, just the general fact that Chiefs were willing to spend that much money on Chris Jones after for Patrick Mahomes and everybody else, it just it 100% caught me off guard. And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that the Chiefs kind of made this move because I did not anticipate it coming. Yeah, I didn't expect it to come this quickly either. Uh, I've said all along, all offseason, actions speak louder than words. The Chiefs did not come to the table until last Friday. Like, last Friday. And in the in the span of several days that did not include multiple conversations. Like, I mean, this, this happened really quickly based on a very limited number of conversations that both sides came to an agreement despite... You know, not having conversations beforehand to discuss structure, to discuss discuss money, anything like that. So the fact that it came together so quickly was shocking to me. I I figured by the time it got to the Friday that there was no chance that they were going to be able to have the requisite back and forth to make that happen. That's a credit to the Chiefs organization and their cap guy to get this done in the way that they did. Yeah, no, it, it came together very fast. I mean, we were talking to Therese on Friday. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions I had on the docket to ask Therese, but it just the conversation went different places. And I'm no regrets about that because I thought it was a great conversation. You should definitely go back and listen to what he had to say about the Chris Jones deal because it's very, uh, I think it's going to provide context on what just happened. But one of the things he mentioned also, though, is that, um, you know, both sides really kind of had to, to give. There had to be some, some give and take here. And um, that happened. That happened. Uh, so uh, now I think we got to talk about the structure of the contract. And I think that's really why the deal happened. It was a four-year, $80 million agreement, 37 guaranteed at signing, $60 million in guarantees, $5 million in, in incentives. to. So it's basically, you know, it's, it's essentially a four-year, $80 million deal with some incentives to take it into a four-year, $85 million deal. What do you think about the structure of this contract, Craig? It is really interesting to me. The uh, the guarantee for the third year of the deal, basically fully guaranteeing it, happens a year before. So the Chiefs would have to cut Chris Jones and basically take all of year two as dead money in order to get out of year three. That's not going to happen. So essentially, he's guaranteed a three-year $60 million deal, $20 million a year there. But he did it without any signing bonus. None whatsoever. There were conversations before leading up that Chris Jones wanted a decent signing bonus, and that's kind of where the conversations had stopped. That that's, you know, the Chiefs weren't entertaining that. And obviously they didn't because zero signing bonus in this situation. Chris Jones is getting paid well, and he's guaranteed a lot of money in this. You know, $60 million is a lot 
of money to be paying to a player, but the fact that there's zero dead money allows the Chiefs to either restructure and create more cap space in the future, converting it to signing bonus, or trade him with zero repercussions against the cap. So there are multiple avenues that they can go with this deal. Short, you know, and he could also just play it out. But I do think it's very interesting. It's something to monitor here. The Chiefs definitely did the zero signing bonus for a reason. We just don't know what it is yet. I think we'll find that out, and it probably won't be until you know the next two, three years that we find out why they actually did the thing that way. It seems like they're trying to place a get out of some sort. It just doesn't really show itself on the face like some of these other contracts do. Well, I think the general numbers of the contract are what caught me most by off guard a little bit here too. The Chiefs essentially came up to what Chris Jones asked for last year. Now that number for him probably rose, you know, over the season once you see DeForest Buckner get signed and just with cap going up and everything. And like Craig said, the details definitely work for the Chiefs incredibly well. Like they are able to get out of this a lot easier. They don't have any major signing bonus right up front. But Chris Jones essentially got what he was seeking last year. He's getting $20 million over four years. It essentially comes out to $20 million no matter what year you kind of cut it off at. But he's getting $20 million a year. He technically, if both the Chiefs and the Colts get out of the deal where the built-in get-out is for both teams, makes more money than DeForest Buckner. So he gets the second highest paid defensive tackle, you know, contract in the NFL if both teams opt to get out of it at the same time. Obviously, Buckner makes more if he keeps playing beyond the Colts' first big out for that. So he got what he wanted, and that's why I think I'm just so surprised still that the Chiefs came up to that number. They decided to pay him what he asked for. Now, I'm sure Chris Jones came down from what he was coming to the table with as well because it doesn't sound like the Chiefs just got railroaded as Craig was just talking about. It's just that goes into my disbelief that Chris Jones said, this is what I want. And he essentially got that from the Chiefs in this whole situation. We're like a week or two removed from reports that the Chiefs hadn't approached $20 million a year. Now, for them to get there, it was an incredibly unique contract. And I think when Therese kind of alluded to that, that Chris Jones had to, you know, had to, willing be willing to be creative that's exactly what he was talking about because zero signing bonus gives the chiefs an insane amount of flexibility first off the chiefs have it's it's essentially a three-year contract that's that needs to be known too it's this is basically a three-year contract so it's not a five-year deal it's 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 not easy to get out after you know three years like it's not. It's way easier to get out after three than it is for anybody else like a Frank Clark. Now, Frank Clark, you can still get out after three years, but there's going to be some dead. There's no dead in this contract. And like Craig said, the ability to trade basically at any time. Like I, Craig, Craig, me if I'm wrong. They could trade, they could him, trade tomorrow him tomorrow and not and not take any dead cash. They're not going to do that. Do like, that or- Mahomes just got done tweeting how excited he was. Like that's right. not happening. <laughs> right. But. I just I think the contract the structure is so unique. I mean, it really does give them a ton of flexibility, and they're going to need it. They really Chiefs are going to absolutely need that you know that flexibility, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, but I think in a lot of ways it worked out well for both sides. Uh, I really do think you know both both teams got a little bit of what they wanted. Chris got the respect of being a twenty million dollar APY player. Maybe it's not the twenty one and a half or twenty two or whatever he wanted. Um, but 
I think it looks pretty good for him, and you know he, he's going to get paid the next three years pretty solidly. It's about the one thing I found interesting is I do think it's about similar to if the Chiefs tagged him three times in a row. You know, it's it's similar in 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 money to if the Chiefs were going to tag him three times in a row. I find that kind of interesting. Um, how did this deal get done, Craig? I honestly, yeah, I think you kind of hit on it already. Chris Jones came down a little bit. I. Uh, even Therese had said that he witnessed Frank Clark getting paid in front of him and said, I want that money. I want exactly what Frank Clark wants or more. And he didn't get that. I, I know with incentives that he can make $21 million, but with incentives, Frank Clark can make $21.1 million. So, I mean, they still have it structured in a way that Frank Clark is their quote-unquote most important defensive player that they have on their roster. So once I think that was kind of settled, they just had to find that right balance there. Now, the zero signing bonus thing, I think probably resulted as as our buddy Chief Bearcat has been tweeting about and talking to us about today, probably resulted in some more guaranteed money that was in this contract. But it does offer them that flexibility. It does offer them the ability to get out via trade or restructure in a way that made sense down the line, depending on if the cap changes. There are lots of ways that this can go. I feel like the Chiefs did give up a little more. Like I feel like they were the ones that had to come way up there. The Grady Jarrett deal that they offered is basically, you know, I. Chris Jones' first two years of this are $18.5 million. That's about what the Grady Jarrett deal was, but that third year pushes it way up there, way above that. So I feel like the Chiefs really had to give up a lot more to get to where Chris Jones wanted than Chris had to necessarily come down in this situation. So that's where the signing bonus and everything like that comes about. This is one of those situations where I would have loved to kind of be a fly on the wall because I'm with Craig. I don't know how they close such a big gap so quickly with such minimal meetings. I mean, the only time they met in person, it seems like, was when Chris Jones was in town to do an autograph session and him and his agent were back out of town super quick. So, I mean, maybe they got a lot done then. Maybe a lot's been done over the phone. But like, they didn't seem like they spent that much actual time negotiating this. Chiefs came a fair amount up. Chris Jones came down, but then the Chiefs worked in a lot of finer points that made the deal better for them from their side. It seems like they were willing to hedge a little bit more, a little bit budge a little bit more on the actual figures, the actual cash going out, as long as they got to keep some control in other ways for the contract. So I think that was a big part. I also think that seeing Patrick Mahomes only get $10 million in a signing bonus kind of set the table that it would be kind of hard to pay Chris Jones more than that. Like, you're not going to pay Patrick Mahomes a ton of the signing bonus. Why would you come out and pay Chris Jones even more than him right now today? So I think that could have played a huge part in Chris Jones accepting, you know, no money right up front on that signing bonus. No, for sure. It, it's it, the whole thing. I just the structure. I, I wonder if part of the reason that the Chiefs got to the APY they did perhaps is because of how it was structured, though. Like, I think that might they might have been sacrificing APY. Because they, you know, the reports a week and a half ago is they weren't getting to 20. I wonder if part of getting to that 20 million APY number was fine, but you're not taking a signing bonus. Uh, it's basically a three-year deal. And you know that kind of flexibility, I think they maybe wanted to maintain that flexibility and, and valued that a little bit more than an extra million and a half APY. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, 
Like I know you guys, you you know, I think the Chiefs came out pretty okay with this because it's not, you know, it's not a five-year deal with tons of money up front guaranteed and all that stuff. There's going to be no dead cap if they ever move on, if they ever decide to trade. So if there's ever a situation here down the road where they've got to come up with a decision, they got to make a decision to try to, you know, remain under the cap, they've got some flexibility with Chris potentially. So I think that's a valuable little piece to the structure, maybe not, maybe not from an APY perspective, but I think having that flexibility in the in the outlook in the in the full picture, I think, is pretty valuable. Make no mistake here. Um, I I just want to alleviate anybody who's listening to this. They cannot cut Chris Jones and get this money back. It's only no. via trade. Uh, it, he's got all kinds of dead money on the books via cut. I don't want to make it sound like they can just walk away from him effortlessly. They no, have this to isn't find like it. a year to year thing. This is just Correct. they have some more flexibility built in potentially to allow them to uh, you know fix some problems if they have them in a year or two because they i mean we don't know what kind of deal we don't know what it's going to look like in two years for this roster oh absolutely not or what it's going to look like from a salary cap standpoint in two years so i mean i think it's it's worth noting that from that standpoint yes the chiefs have afforded themselves a little wiggle room here and not to say that this is going to happen but if they decided that we are just going to pay the grady jarrett deal they could trade him after year two and basically pay him the Grady Jarrett deal for two years and let another team take on the other the rest of it. I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. They've invested a lot in Chris Jones in this deal. It's just the zero signing bonuses is really the most interesting part of this entire contract for me. And I think another thing that probably helped it get done too is it only being a four-year deal with essentially only three years of it being what's most likely to happen on this current set of contract. Like if he plays more than three years with the Chiefs, he likely gets a restructure at some point in time. You are not going to get that full $20 million, I think, in that year four. It'll be redone, extended, or restructured. So the fact that it's only a three-year deal essentially for the Chiefs, I think that made it a lot more enticing for them Rather than getting locked up for five, six years at this number, it's only going to be three, maybe four. I just don't think you ever see the end of this contract. I think you'd rather see, you're going to see him traded or restructured, extended before that fourth year gets finalized. But that restructure and or but that structure and that you know the 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 number of years on it, I think is a valuable asset for the Chiefs still, believe it or not. They still get a really, really, really good football player for the next two years at a reasonable rate. Then they can make decisions from there. And just having... The, I think the important thing, though, is just having that decision is what's so valuable to them. It's not necessarily that they're going to move on from Chris Jones, but it's that they have... It's just that they have the ability to, potentially. It's that they have, um, you know, the flexibility, which which is going to become a lot more valuable here as the season as the as time progresses with this with this contract and, and with the salary cap and with how this team is navigated and we're going to navigate all that here right after this all right we are discussing the chris jones contract and uh now we we kind of maybe pivot a little bit uh, we've talked about the deal. We've talked about what it means. But what does it mean right now to this football team? Hashtag run it back. Um, you know, one of the things I find interesting about this contract is it really doesn't alleviate the, the, the cap for 2020. It really doesn't help them in any way, shape, or form. It's going to be about the same number that it was going to be if the Chiefs kept and played Chris Jones on the franchise deal. 
you know, we've been talking to Chief Bearcat a little bit, and that you know, there's not a not, there's not a lot of salary cap space left. There's you know six million dollars now. There's going to be some. There, there's probably going to be some small moves that need to be made because you have to have your your emergency fund. You know, teams typically. I think the Chiefs' emergency fund was around five or six million dollars last year. They have five or six million dollars right now, I believe. But the problem is they haven't paid their rookie class yet. They're going to have to have. They have to. There might be a couple moves coming down the road. Like you could see, there there might be more moves that have to be made this year potentially, for uh you know to try to make things work for for this year, um you know the outlook. I think you know Chris Jones, you're getting him without it without a holdout too, which I think is pretty important as well. Yeah, I it, I think for this year it means that your pass rush is fine. Like your pass rush is going to be good. Uh, Chris Jones isn't excellent top tier interior defensive pass rusher so that's going to be good going forward for a team that's probably going to be playing with the lead most of the year when they know probably you know, about it they know probably about it patrick mahomes is going to have an excellent year clyde edwards elaire you know tyree kill sammy watkins travis kelsey all in nicole hardman demarcus robinson yada 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 they're all going to go off the defense is going to be playing with a lead. Chris Jones is going to get to tee off a little bit more. They're going to be able to rush the passer pretty well with Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and the assortment of edges that they have that can also play inside. So I think from that regard, the run it back side of this, I think that this is probably going to be a statistically better defense because they have Chris Jones, because they can continue to rush the passer at a really high clip here. So in that regard, it makes sense that they would keep him, like we've said, all offseason with them going forward, them keeping him on the tag. It just means that he's not going to hold out now. He's going to show up week one. You're going to see him throughout the season. So from in that regard, it probably makes you better from start to finish because he's not going to hold out until week whatever because he doesn't want to play on the tag. And I think we talked about it and I kind of decided early on in the offseason, the Chiefs were fully invested in quote unquote, run it back. They look like they're really setting themselves up to repeat. So I thought Chris Jones was going to be on the tag once, especially once they didn't trade him, but it made a ton of sense to keep him around, play him on the tag because you get these exact same things. You get that best level your defense can be. You get another elite pass rusher to put on the field at the same time for a team that's going to be playing with the lead. Like it made a ton of sense to keep him around. I don't think signing Chris Jones long-term means a whole lot more for this year than him playing on the tag other than you guarantee he's going to play now. Like there is no risk that he's going to sit out. There's not a risk that, you know, he's not going to come out there and do everything Chris Jones can do to play because he's motivated. He got paid. He's happy. Everything, everybody should be feeling good about it. I think all the issues that might come with it are going to be in the future. But I mean, as far as 2020 goes, the Chiefs are going to be just as good, if not better on defense than they were last year. At least the talent level is. They just now have to make sure they keep working everything together. Everyone stays motivated, but they should be at this point in time and everybody should be happy. Yeah, the key to this is the fact that he's not holding out. Like that's that's the most important piece of this. Like outside of that, it doesn't really change the roster all that much because we all expected Chris Jones to be on this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just guaranteed that he's not holding out this year, which is great. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna get him from Jump Street, and he's probably gonna be on the next Zoom call if there is. I don't know if there's any Zoom calls before training camp, but uh, oh, I thought you any, meant any... our Zoom calls. I was like, D- are we getting an exclusive with Chris Jones? I would like to try. That would be awesome. <laughs> Guys, rookies report on Saturday or are supposed to report on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see about that. 
I, I don't want to say we've made it, but we've made it, I think, maybe. Hey, the NBA bubble had pretty good results from, you know, they only had two, I think, out of 300-some people test positive. Like, that's obviously not perfect, but that's not bad. There's hope. There's hope out there. Um, I, I think we need to talk about the long-term outlook of the roster because it's just because this is a exciting deal to see the Chiefs uh, get one of the best interior pass rushers in the National Football League that doesn't mean it's not without its obstacles. Like just because the Chiefs were able to creatively do this today, and just because they were able to, um, you know, come to terms with Chris Jones, doesn't mean that there's not any drawbacks to it. And I think there's some important long-term, uh, you know, issues that you've got to, you've got to, you know, at least acknowledge with this. And this is where all of my issues, I think, kind of stem from. For with this. For the immediate future, the right now, I don't think the Chiefs need Chris Jones to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, he helps and makes it better. I just don't think they needed him, especially at $16 million in the franchise tag or $20 million in what they're going to be paying him per year going forward to win a Super Bowl. He helps them do it. I just didn't think they need him. And now, signing this contract, I kind of want to push back a little bit to what Kent said earlier that gives the Chiefs a lot of flexibility in terms of adding other players to the roster and hard moves you have to make. Another move like this, along with other guys they have signed for big money, this limits their flexibility. The Chiefs are currently sitting on $5 million in cap next year. That includes still having to find a way to replace their wide receiver two and Sammy Watkins. They're going to have to pay their cornerbacks more money than they're paying them this year because Charvarius Ward is either going to have another good season and need to be paid more again. They'll have to bring back Bashad Breland or improve upon them. Like You're not going to keep getting by paying your starting cornerbacks pennies it's so like you're going to have to pay it all new guys on the interior offensive line. And yeah, you're going to be able to cut some players to make some space, but those are high value positions that you're going to have to sign and pay money to. So just having Chris Jones and Frank Clark and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and both your offensive tackles and Anthony Hitchens and so on and so forth on big deals on, you know, top five to 10 contract deals for their positions, it really limits the depth and what you can do with the roster. You're going to have to make a lot of hard decisions to get rid of players that do matter. I get it. None of these single players by themselves are going to be as good as Chris Jones, but when you need, you can't find a wide receiver two to replace Sammy Watkins and you can't get a cornerback that can play up to Bashad Breland's level from last year. That makes a big difference. It's like just the Chiefs are going to have a long road ahead of them in 2021, 2022, just trying to field the same level of talent they could have fielded without keeping Chris Jones around. And it's easy to look at aspects of the roster, like saying, yeah, you can post, you know, June 1st, Anthony Hitchens next year, and you can save this much money, and you can cut Eric Fisher and all of that. You're hoping that Lucas Nyang is ready. You're hoping that you can find a Mike for dirt cheap to back up Anthony Hitchens or to come in and learn Steve Spagnuolo's defense and be able to organize it in the way that it needs to go from that standpoint. That's not easy. Like We've seen them try and address several of these positions and be unable to so far. You have to be, and Therese kind of says this you know, often and said it on our podcast last week, you have to be right on the draft. You have to nail it. You have to nail free agency and not the big moves because you can't play in the big moves anymore. So you have to nail those mid-tier and lower-tier moves, hit on UDFAs, like all of this stuff that the Chiefs have genuinely been good at the past two years. I'm not arguing that they haven't been. And so if you're putting your faith in their ability 
to replicate and stock the roster with guys and develop them. They do have a history over the past two years. I can't deny that. But you miss on one. You have another 2018, and you're way behind the eight ball now. It's not a situation where you can just throw some money at it again and address the situation, get some more talent in, pay some more guys, have them come in. You can't have another offseason where you can bring in Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew again for a little while because of how they've structured these contracts. So you have to hit it. You have to be able to do it. You can't have a down year ever. And, you know, frankly, that's part of what happens when you're paying a quarterback as much as you are as well. Like they were going to be behind that ball with Mahomes as well. But for the next three years with Chris Jones, with Frank Clark, with all Tyreek Hill, like all of those guys are going to take up a giant chunk just alone by themselves. So you have to nail it. Yeah, when I speak, when I was speaking of flexibility, I just kind of mean relative to the to the contract or in relative to the negotiations with a player like Chris Jones. For the for what they did, it's a very flexible deal, I think, because I think there's ways for them to get out with very minimal pain um, via a trade. But when you look at the big picture, when you I agree with Maddie, when you look at the big picture. It presents some problems. And here's one of the things that kind of worries me about another big contract. The fact that the Chiefs are, are so top-heavy uh, because they are, I believe, the most top-heavy team in the National Football League now. Uh, I think there's something to be said in a game with the kind of injuries that, that this, 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 um, this game incurs. I think there's something to be said about diversifying your assets. And I think the Chiefs have really dug themselves and put themselves in a in a situation where they've got some fantastic top tier tier players, and obviously Chris Jones is one of those as well. Um, and you could you could speak on it in a variety of different ways. It doesn't even necessarily have to be Chris Jones. What I'm talking about, it's just that the Chiefs have made their decisions on guys to pay big, and Chris Jones has been added to that list. They have not diversified themselves all that much. So what that means is two injuries to two of those guys, it becomes a lot different, diff- more difficult to fill the team because you've got a massive chunk of your salary cap devoted to guys on injured reserve. And that's where I, I it gives me a little pause to add another big contract into the mix. And I think that was part of my logic you know, from Jump Street, why I wasn't always on board with the idea of paying Chris Jones 2021. 20, it's tougher to diversify your assets when you've got so many guys. So yes, there's going to be attrition next year. And if there's attrition or, or let's, let's call it 2021 because maybe not necessarily as much, but in 2021, if there's attrition and there's a couple guys gone that miss significant time, it's gonna it's gonna hurt, and it, you're gonna be a little upset that the, the 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 assets weren't diversified as much as they were because the Chiefs have such a large piece of of salary cap invested in a small pool of guys. That's really tough to to maintain. And yeah, it essentially boils down to the Chiefs kind of maximized the immediate reward. So bringing back Chris Jones gives you the highest possible reward this season. I mean, 
I think some of us would make the argument that if you spent that money on Clowney and a free agent defensive tackle, it may be about the same. But either way, you're spending that amount of money on a defensive line. So you maximize your reward for 2020. The issue is they maximize the risk for 2021 and 2022. Like Craig said, you can't miss on anything because you don't have the money to cover it. You're not going to be able to afford to pay the talent to be you know, the quality depth pieces you're going to need if a guy gets hurt, if somebody doesn't play up to expectations. The Chiefs can't go out and spend the limited money they're going to have and have another Anthony Hitchens now. Like that, that would absolutely tank the team if they missed that badly on a contract again. So you just, your risk now is incredibly high because you brought Chris Jones in for a longer term and you're paying him a lot of money for that. And you're already paying Frank Clark and just so many other guys. Now, the one good thing long term about it, like I feel like we haven't said a lot of good stuff long term. So I do have one of those. The Chiefs now have a couple of years before they have to find a second pass rusher. Like Frank Clark, Chris Jones are both here for a few years. This defense needs at least two pass rushers, two high-end pass rushers to work. I think Therese Paler talked about that last week with you guys. They do need that. They now have at least two to three more years of having two good pass rushers on the field at all times. You don't have to spend a first-round pick on a defensive end or a defensive tackle in the next year or two because you have these guys locked up. Like You do give yourself that kind of flexibility a little bit that you don't need necessarily someone to come in and be really good across from Frank Clark. Yeah, and Maddie spoke to that a lot. Like uh, the fact that if Chris Jones is gone, the defensive line is frankly a little scary on the interior. Uh, we love Derek Nottie. We love Mac- Mike Pinnell. We like Colin Saunders. Like uh, these guys are good, but they're not Chris. So from that regard, you would have had to go and replace that. I just wanted to throw in here do you guys know how many players the Chiefs? have under contract with an above $7 million cap hit in 2021. So not this upcoming season, but maybe the season where the cap goes down a little bit because of COVID, because of a lack of revenue. There are nine. Wow. Nine players already that are over that $7 million cap hit. Just to put that in frame, the 2019 Chiefs, the team that just won the Super Bowl and the team that, you know, diversified a little more and the cap might be close to what the 2019 cap was, had one, two, three, four, five, and two of those were dead money cap hits for Justin Houston and Eric Barrett. Oh, man. <laughs> And see, like, this is this is where it gets tricky. And that's that is why, where it this gets is tricky. Why, well, this is why cheap talent is so valuable because Chris Jones is on both of those rosters. Correct. The only problem is Chris Jones is now a lot more costly in 2021. He's $19 million as opposed to I don't $2 million. Mm-hmm. What is What was his year for? I mean, that's it where cheap. it gets tricky. Yeah. I mean, that's where it gets tricky, and that's where it gets tough. And um, they are, are not, they're not a very diversified roster in the future. Probably one of the least diversified rosters we've seen in the history of the National Football League. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but that's just the reality. This is this does not happen. This is uncommon. Now, the good thing is the salary cap, if all goes well, if COVID goes away, for the love of God, the salary cap's gonna blow up and things might be a little bit more manageable. And the Chiefs have just been early and smart in projections for their salary cap. 
I mean, that's really what potentially could be, um, you know, because there's there's projections that it could be a, a very significant um, salary cap increase. Um, in 2022. That, in 2022, 2023, as, as the Chiefs are going to desperately need some relief. Yeah, yeah. From Patrick Mahomes' contract there. Because, yeah, in 2021, Patrick Mahomes isn't even your highest paid player. Frank Clark is. Patrick Mahomes is like the 13th, I believe, highest paid quarterback at that point. So it's not even, you're not even shelling out for Pat yet at that point, which made it, made them able to sign Chris Jones. That's part of it. I mean, we talked about that early last week, but it, it will get tight after that. It's just part of the ramp up to it getting tight. They just used up via Chris Jones's contract. Maddie, you had some salary cap takes. One of my biggest pet peeves is the concept that the salary cap is fake. That is not, that could not be further from the truth. Anytime somebody says that, it's just because they haven't looked far enough in the future or into the details to figure out where the team is making the sacrifice to make the move work. At no point in time can you just pay anybody you want, whatever you want. You have to give up something to do that. So, what the Chiefs are giving up, they're giving up flexibility. We've been talking about, but they're giving up flexibility going forward. When, let's say, 2022 comes around, that's when you're kind of getting to the end. That's the last year that you are locked into paying Chris Jones. That's when Patrick Mahomes' deal goes up. You can look forward to the Chiefs roster. There's not a ton of guys around making a lot of money, but that's also when you're going to have to start paying you know, guys like Derek Nottie. You have to start re-looking around at your offensive tackles. You're going to be paying Tyron Matthew either more money or he's gone by then. You're getting a year away from paying other good players like Juan Thornhill, so on and so forth. Like, Money gets tight at some point in time when you're going to backload deals a little bit and you're going to have less money up front. So what happens is you can do this. Teams do this all the time and you can do it. You have about a two to three year window. Then you have to backload more deals. So you get the guys you want to keep with a low front front hit. The problem is you can't miss. We've already talked about you can't miss and eventually it always catches up to you. You can't just backload deals for the rest of eternity and have it work out. If that was the case, teams would be doing it all the time. The team most notorious for doing it right now, I think, is the Minnesota Vikings. And you can see what's really caught up to them. Now, they don't have an elite quarterback, but you can... Kirk Cousins caught up to them. <laughs> you can go through and you can look at the contracts they've made over the last you know, four or five years. They backload contracts. They get a bunch of guys to stay out. The Saints do it too. And it's catching up to them. Now, they still have a very good roster. It's just you start to see the issues that come in when you constantly just backload deals over and over again. And if you notice... I'm not really talking about teams that are having you know, the highest success. They're do- good teams, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. It's just a very risky way to play the game. And the concept of the salary cap is fake just because they're able to sign all these good players just simply isn't true. You run into an issue of depth. You have to be perfect on everything you do. The money is just moved around. You didn't get more of it. You just moved it to cost you later on. It's like coming to the plate in baseball and already being at a full count. Like that that's the situation that you're at when you push these contracts out a little more. I would and, I would I will, I'm going to contest. I'm going to say it's like a 2-2 count because you're one pitch away from a walk and getting out of it. That's all. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes. I I I agree. Me non baseball. Leave the baseball analogies to me, Craig. 
Listen, I can't make a good soccer analogy that works for this, so I had to lean on the baseball one. It's a 2-2 count. So basically, no, actually, it's more like coming out as like, uh, I don't know, a relief pitcher, but Barry Bonds, prime Barry Bonds is at the plate with the bases loaded, but you're only up two. Like, that's what it's like. You have to be perfect here, right? Like, you know, we just can keep throwing around new baseball analogies. I don't want to anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I, t- I tuned out halfway through your analogy. See, that's disappointing because, like, just go back. I don't even like baseball, but you can go back and watch Barry Bonds highlights, and they are exciting. When do you see a guy walk with bases loaded on purpose? Oh, it's dope, but, like, what a time to drop in with that, especially since <laughs> I was only half paying attention when you started talking. Yeah, well, I forget where I was going. Some, it was important. <laughs> it's very special, very important. Oh, no. Two-two you, count. Two-two count. <laughs> You gotta be right. Like you, you don't get the same. You don't get to see the same number of pitches. You don't get to take the same number of swings. And it's not a situation where you can foul them away and continue to foul them away. You have to be right. You have to get it right. And so that's kind of what Maddie's saying. So when you push these things forward, we were just talking about how uh, before the podcast started about Derek Naughty, and I swore and said, you know, hey. You, you leave Derek Naughty alone, you know. I, don't you be taking Derek Naughty away from me. And I said, I mean, realistically, how expensive is he going to be? I mean, who's the highest paid nose tackle? And Maddie went, DJ Reader. DJ Reader's getting paid $13.2 million APY. Derek Naughty, if he continues his arc, is not going to be cheap. I don't want to lose Derek Naughty. The Chiefs don't want to lose Derek Nottie. He's one of the things that makes that defensive line go for Steve Spagnuolo, but in that situation, that's a player you have to walk away from. If McCall Hardman continues to have good years, all of a sudden, that's a player, if he's getting you know offers of $14, $15 million because he's producing in a limited role or producing you know in an increased role after Sammy Watkins, that's a player you might have to let walk. Like, you're going to continue to have to let some fan favorites go because of this situation. And it's not necessarily the people that you think. It's like, yeah, we'll get rid of Anthony Hitchens. We'll get rid of Eric Fisher. No no problem. But when you're having to get rid of these guys that you want, that you want as Chiefs for life, that you want as these players, it, it's deals like this that make it a little bit more difficult to do those in the future. And I, I think with every big contract added, I think every big contract on the roster now deserves more scrutiny. You have to look at each individual roster and say, was it worth it? Flat out, Anthony Hitchens, his contract looks worse and worse every day because the Chiefs need that cap space right now, but they don't have it. They need a little bit more flexibility than they have, but they don't have it. They've and even restructured be, him, and they don't have the flexibility that they right. need with it. I think it's that's what I'm saying. It's it's like you've got to look at each individual contract now, and it's they've got to hit. You've got to they've got to live up to what they they're supposed to be at that rate. And so the pressure is on Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, and now Chris Jones. Good news for the Chiefs. It worked out real well for Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark last year. Now Chris Jones is in the mix, and it's a different standard. It's everyone's held held to a higher standard now when those when you have so many big contracts. Patrick Mahomes, I'm gonna explain and defend to the death. Like he's got a little bit more grace than Wilgroom, but that's beside the point. Yeah, and just because we've kind of ended this in this way, I I do want to touch on this. Chris Jones got his money. 
and we're happy that Chris Jones got his money. I think Fran, it's your uh, money. Yeah, I think Kent even tweeted out at the end of last week, like somebody had made a joke. It was a joke, but made a Someone joke was about calling him like you either die, live long enough to be a hero, or die a villain, or whatever. Yeah. I die a vi- I, whatever. Get your money, die a hero Chris. or live long enough to be a villain. No, th- people. I, there are, there's still people villainizing Chris Jones no, out there. It's don't. stupid. Stop Do it. not. Get your money. Like nobody's get your, mad get, at go him. Go get your money. At getting getting your money and this defense is better next year with him. The concerns with uh, that we have are all future years which, you know, God willing there's a season and God willing we're still doing this, you know, at this time next year will be something to discuss. But that being said, Chris Jones got paid. He's going to show up week one, and he, he's happy. And the Chiefs are going to be a better defense because of it right now. They just have some decisions to make later on down the road. They just kicked the can down the road, but they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, so it's going to feel a lot easier. That's all I got to say. Matt, you got yep. anything else? You can't overpay a player if you end up winning the Super Bowl. I said that about Sammy Watkins and anybody else in the roster, so it also works for Chris Jones. As much as I would not have made this deal if I were running a football team, if they win the Super Bowl this year, it really doesn't matter because you cannot overpay if you're winning the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And uh, we, I think the road to a Super Bowl potentially starts on Saturday. I'm so excited. We're so close, guys. Fingers crossed, but... If the schedule is the schedule, we made it. All right, that's going to do it for this week's Wednesday edition of the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening to us. We will be back on Monday with the mailbag. I'm sure we'll get plenty more Chris Jones questions. Catch you later.